So no, I don't have all the answers. I don't necessarily know what the right thing to do is. I just know that as a society, we are striving for the bare minimum, saying that your boy is good just because he hasn't knowingly assaulted anyone. That is not enough. What we have been doing is simply not enough. Everyone, welcome to Sex and Spirituality. I am your host, Lauren Coletti. Happy Friday. I'll probably release this on a Saturday, but I'm going to be pretty busy tomorrow and I wanted to talk about something very important, close to my heart and crucial, and I want to come on here as consciously and unbiased as possible and work to not step on anyone's toes. I am not the most politically correct person, if I'm being completely honest. I don't keep up to date with news and things like that and trends. I am working hard as to not offend anyone and speak with the most dignity and utmost integrity that I can possible, being careful. But if I say anything that is not politically correct, just don't come at me. when you shame and guilt someone for not knowing better until they actually do better, it really just adds fuel to the fire and adds more stigma, um, in my personal opinion. So please educate with kindness and empathy and understanding that not everyone is where we all could be ideally. Um, and as someone that, so my school actually, Adler University is a school of social justice and I study women, gender, and sexuality studies. And many of you might not know this, you might, based on the way that I speak and my linguistics, but I am a feminist and I don't consider myself a radical feminist. Um, Feminism is not about going against men. I do not hate men, but I will be honest when I say that as someone that is a sexual assault and domestic violence survivor, I have a lot of resentment around men. And I am a bisexual person. I've always noticed that, I don't know how to say this. I love being with women because I feel it's more connected and intimate. I trust women. I feel like women are selfless and very considerate. And I've noticed that, my boyfriend aside, a lot of times when I'm with men, particularly sexually, it's all about them. And I feel exploited, I feel objectified, I feel sexualized, and I've been forced kind of to do some studying and research and read these books, which I will link in the show notes, that have really triggered me and upset me and disappointed me because I've come to see that even in my own sexual experiences, which I'm starting to get curious and question, 95% of my sex is not about me. A lot of times in... Um, PV sex, penis, vagina sex, when it's with heterosexual people, a woman acts the way she thinks she's supposed to act. She often does not enjoy herself. It's all about getting her partner off. It's all about doing what she thinks her partner expects of her. And it's rarely about her. It's rarely mutual. It's rarely equal. And for me, that's really upsetting. So I just feel fueled to talk about this. I know it's Mental Health Awareness Month, and I was going to preface this by saying this doesn't have to do with mental health, but it really does because rape culture and toxic masculinity and things like sexual misconduct and harassment and exploitation and abuse 
really impact our mental health on a global scale. I think that this is, besides COVID, an extreme pandemic that has affected us culturally, societally, that we don't even realize that it's a problem. And in my opinion, this is all just my opinion, so take it with a grain of salt, feel free to leave it, if you like it, love it, whatever. Um, I think that we need to talk about toxic masculinity, or at least I need to talk about it just to uh, get this off my chest, because there's a lot of miseducation, particularly of the American boy, quote unquote. And I've been reading a lot of works by Peggy Orenstein. Um, her books are quite amazing. I would highly suggest them. Again, I will link them in the show notes. Um, she talks a lot about sexual pleasure in men and women. And I read Boys and Sex. Now I'm reading Girls and Sex. And it's really awesome. Anyone 16 or older really should read it. And I don't think that, you know, we have to look at why boys crack up at rape jokes and think that commitment is quote unquote gay. And as someone as an, that identifies as queer and I'm part of the LGBTQIA plus community, this I can relate to. Um, and the fact that men are still conditioned to man up and boys will be boys and men can't cry and we need to do our men a, we're doing our men a dis- disservice and we have to give our boys the justice and better models of masculinity. Um, and it's just really disturbing and unfair, honestly. And the definition of masculinity, it seems to be contracting. Um, when men are asked what traits society values most in boys, only 2% of men survey respondents say honesty and morality. And as someone that, you know, I'm a research student, I can look at my own non-analytical real life experience of this, as well as honor the data and look at empirical evidence and research. And so I'm going to take a multifaceted <laughs> approach to this. So I have spent years studying men and women in America, um, mostly young adults and adolescents and teens on sex and love and things like that due to the nature of my education and where I want to pursue my career. And there is a lot of forces seen and unseen that shape men and women too, but for the sole purpose of this episode, we're going to be focusing solely on the male experience, which I cannot speak 100% to. I can only speak from what I observe because I myself identify as a woman. So nearly every man interviewed in this specific study that I'm looking at held a relatively egalitarian view about females at least their role in the public sphere. So this particular study considered, men considered their female classmates to be smart and competent, entitled to their place on the athletic field and in school leadership, deserving of admission to college and professional opportunities. They have female friends. Some had gay male friends as well. And that was a huge shift. This is a great start in the right direction from what we've seen maybe 50, 40, even 20 years ago. However, I feel like as a society, we are kind of regressing, honestly, because 
misogyny is ever present and real and the patriarchy is just unfortunately been very strong in the recent years and men could easily sometimes reel off the excess of masculinity when you see headlines about mass shootings domestic violence harassment presidential twitter tantrums um and you know this is great yet when these boys were asked to describe the attributes of the ideal guy they the same people in the study appeared to be harking back to 1955 so what they associated with the ideal man is dominance aggression good looks with an emphasis on height sexual prowess stoicism athleticism wealth and it's not that all of these qualities properly channeled are bad but this poll found that young women believed there were a lot of different ways to be a girl we could shine in math and sports and music and leadership but the biggest caveat being that we still we feel most valued when it comes to our appearance and young men describe just one narrow route to successful masculinity feeling they have to suck it up not be emotional be a man when they're sad or scared um nearly half of these men said that when they're angry society expects them to be combative and also american boys report more social pressure to be ever ready for sex and to get with as many women as possible and there's also a stigma attached to being against homosexuality where men receive more messages that they should be in control of their female partners and the worst thing to be called is gay or a quote unquote pussy and there's an entitlement surrounding this as in men deserve to know the whereabouts of their girlfriends or wives at all times and this is not men's fault this is the way that we are raising our boys society is conditioning and culturally pressuring our boys to act think and behave and i am a feminist and feminism is great it it's about equality and a shift in perspective around the sexes and while it may have provided women with a powerful alternative to conventional femininity and a language with which to express the myriad problems that have no name there's often no credible equivalence for boys and this is why a lot of men shame or stigmatize and stereotype feminists the definition of masculinity seems to be in some respects contradictory right as i said before so only 8% of men when asked what traits society values in men said leadership traits that are of course admirable in anyone but have traditionally been considered masculine so a lot of times it's just like you hear a lot more about what is wrong with guys and i'm not trying to do this here <laughs> right i have to be very sensitive to this because i realize i'm not a man so i can't speak to the male experience but as a woman i can speak to what i have experienced directly firsthand with men and there's a lot of social and professional rewards to boys and men and research shows that those who rigidly adhere to certain masculine norms are not only more likely to harass and bully others but to themselves be victims of verbal or physical violence they're more prone to binge drinking risky sexual behavior and getting in car accidents even 
they are also less happy than other men and have higher depression rates and fewer friends in with whom they can confide. And this is so important because we know, talking about mental health, that men are extraordinarily higher, more successful in taking their own lives. More women attempt suicide, but more men are successfully completed. And this is an issue, and I don't think that 100% of it can fairly be, you know, blamed on toxic masculinity, but it definitely is a component to it. And I think that we have to realize and acknowledge gender equality, but a lot of times our country's leaders, and I'm not getting super political here, but a lot of country leaders, not just in you know Congress or whatever, but as a whole, double down on the inalienable male right, quote unquote, to power and emphasize men's supposedly more logical and less emotional nature as a prerequisite for leadership. And a lot of time manhood is considered, is linked with breadwinning and um, just these dominating and controlling and these traits that in balance and in small batches might be helpful, but all or nothing and radically is just harmful. And many parents are unsure of how to raise a boy these days. What sort of quote unquote masculinity, if any at all even, they should encourage in their sons. But a lot of men, boys even, guys, I don't know what to call them, honestly, males, um, they, the, there's this culture growing up, which fusses hyper-rationally with domination, sexual conquest, and the glorification of male violence that they are brainwashed to think fills the void. And this comes like, there's no difference between the sex's need for connection in infancy, nor between their capacity for empathy. And there's actually some evidence that male infants are more expressive than females, which was interesting. Yet, from the get-go, boys are relegated to an impoverished emotional landscape. And in a classic study, adults shown a video of an infant startled by a jack-in-the-box were more likely to presume the baby was angry if they were first told the child was male. And mothers of young children have repeatedly been found to talk more to their girls and to employ a broader, richer emotional vocabulary with them. With their sons, again, they tend to linger on anger. And as for fathers, they speak with less emotional nuance than mothers regardless of their children's sex. So that's just interesting. And there's little understanding of boys' emotions and a desire for a close relationship in childhood. And unfortunately, by the age of five or six, a lot of boys have learned to knock that stuff off, at least in public, to disconnect from feelings of weakness, reject friendships with girls, and become more hierarchical in their behavior. By adolescence, Boys become shame-phobic, convinced that peers will lose respect for them if they discuss their personal problems. And boys routinely confide that they feel denied by peers, girlfriends, media, coaches, especially their fathers, the full spectrum of human expression. It's like you're encouraged to build a wall 
and they feel like sometimes I really want to cry. I need to cry, but I can't. I'm not allowed to cry. And that's why a lot of men become so, I don't want to say cold and stonewalled because as someone that feels that way myself due to my history of trauma, I can relate, but we see more men that are emotionally unavailable, for example. And I think this is probably related to as why. Because whether we like to admit it or not, we are absorbent sponges of our surroundings. And when we see something being normalized, then subconsciously or consciously or not, whether we want to admit it unconsciously, there is a part of that in our head that we think that that is acceptable. (sighs) So I just wanted to get that off my chest, but just pay close attention to these things. Um, And as someone who by virtue of my sex has always had permission to cry, I don't understand this, especially someone that's very sensitive and emotional, but I realize that men need to cry too. Women need to cry. People of all genders and sexual orientations, we all need to be allowed space to feel safe and human. And let's just talk about bro culture really quick. Ugh, I can't. <laughs> the bro culture, it's all about sex, right? fraternities, sororities, college life, and bro culture just endorses victim blaming and kind of feeling pressure to brag about hooking up. It's all about your body count. And I think like this is even more so in the light these days because we see this with Instagram and Twitter, social media, Snapchat, like it's everywhere we look. And it's like this dark underbelly of male-dominated enclaves. Like whether it's athletes or fraternity houses or all-boys school, I'm not saying if you're in a fraternity or toxic masculinity, but we see this in the data and in the research. Like this promoting of group bonding as boys preach honor and pride like having a high body count, fuck bitches, get money, just throw them away. And it's just all surrounding masculinity as being established through misogynist language and homophobia even. It's it's hard to find groups of boys that don't thrive off of being motivated to express anger and aggression. And this is particularly true in the quote-unquote locker room where men would rather be looking at porn. And I just want to take a deep breath here because it's disheartening. And we have to talk about why men are so adverse to being seen as a quote-unquote bitch or a pussy. And I don't necessarily know what the right thing to do about it is. Like, I'm not here to tell you This is the answer. This is the solution. Like, if we do this, this is never going to happen again. I think that we just need to stop slut-shaming and being homophobic and misogynistic and patriarchal as a society as a whole. And there's no right or wrong way to be a human. There's no right or wrong way to do heterosexuality or homosexuality or whatever. 
gender fluidity is being like more honored and recognized, which is really great because we have to stop intensifying the power of words like slut for girls and quote unquote fag for boys because it's primarily young men that use this language. Just allow your boys to be fully human. Honor boys for expressing their emotions of joy and connection. Stop insulting other people by calling them gay for the love of God. Stop honoring hypermasculinity. Let people feel safe. <sighs> I think I feel a little bit better. But we have to, especially as women too, like a lot of women, they're, they're not saints or prone or all angels from this. A lot of women will only seek men that are tall and athletic and make six figures. And this is enhancing the stereotype that men feel they need to live up to these standards. This is how we end up with people like Donald Trump for president. I'm sorry I had to say it. <laughs> and sexual conquest, which is an indicative of rape culture, or perhaps more specifically bragging about your experiences to other boys, is arguably the most crucial aspect of toxic masculinity. And I know as a woman, I felt so out of control of my own sexuality. It's like the only goal for men, I always think they have a hidden motive or intention to take off my bra and to make me give them head. And a lot of men can relate how many girls they've been with to their self-esteem, whereas it's kind of the opposite for women. You're believe, like you're made to believe the more people you sleep with, the less value you have, the more used and damaged you are. But our sexual interactions have zero, absolutely nothing to do with our value as a person, with our worth, with our attractiveness. And being sexual has no correlation to your sexuality. Okay? Like you could have sex with a thousand people and still not have a clue as to what you're doing sexually, as to how in tune you are with your sexuality. And we have to stop thinking that what we see in porn and in the media is like, I heard this saying, it, obviously it's not real life, but porn is about as realistic as pro wrestling. Like it was something about that. <laughs> and it turns sex into a task. And it's one where we're monitoring our performance rather than enjoying it and living in the moment and connecting with another human. So all in all, this is pretty scattered. Probably gonna wrap this up here and make a series number two for another day, but misogyny isn't funny. Rape culture isn't funny. Seeing girls as not deserving of respect and having no say in sexual encounters and rape culture, it's really not funny at all. Um, and I think as a whole, we need to do better. We all have to do better. I need to do better. You need to do better. Our parents need to do better. And our schools, our institutions need to do better. Don't cop out. I think that using your voice to engage young men into authentic, long overdue conversations about gender and intimacy is so needed. So talk to your boys about it. Talk about consent. Talk to your friends about personal responsibility and respectful behavior. 
we have to purposely and repeatedly broaden the masculine repertoire for dealing with disappointment, anger, and desire. And we have to say not just what we don't want from boys, but what we do want from them. Instructing them to respect women and to not get anyone pregnant and to not rape people is not enough. It's kind of like telling someone who's learning to drive not to run over someone and then handing them the car keys. We cannot stay quiet. We cannot leave our boys in a state of confusion or worse, push them into a defensive crouch like prime to display their manhood in only one way that is definitely by having a big dick or by being a dick. It's not cool to be a dick. The best you can do is not simply just to follow the law and to be a decent guy. The best that we can do is to lead by example. And I hope that this will make all of the difference.